Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. We've been speaking for some time. I appreciated that word this morning. This is a skirmish. We are in a war. We are in a battle. There's battles within the war. And uh, I believe what that word was saying this morning is, yeah, we're looking at some what is going on times. What is happening times. They're changing hourly. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Stay away. Go away. Um, You can eat. Not inside a building, but you can eat inside a cubicle outside a building. Yeah. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Um, and obviously, we want to be people that are wise. We want to practice. Uh, we encourage good personal hygiene, yeah. especially when we gather together in a group. You know, that's always ple- more pleasant. But we also uh, suggest let's be safe during all of this. I've got some good friends. Our good friend Peter Gallardo right now is, is in the hospital um, with uh, the need for us to be praying for him. He's a pastor in uh, Palmer, and I believe that he will make it through this yes. and be victorious. But with it comes a lot of fear. With it comes a lot of uncertainty. We're not a people that are programmed to live in a lot of uncertainty. We like to kind of know. You know, this, this whole pandemic thing started out with, could we go until April? I thought that sounded good, April 15th. Yeah, let's just all not have any activity until after tax day. That sounded pretty good. Then it was like, well, we're going to skip Easter. Well, we're going to skip 4th of July. Well, we're going to skip this. We're going to skip that. We're going to skip Thanksgiving. I I love the more recent one uh, down in Oregon. I see where the governor suggested that you uh, turn your neighbor in to the authorities if they see that you are... Um, gathering in more than six people. You know, Jesus spoke of this. He said in the last days, in the latter times, in the end times, there'll be great difficulties, and brother will betray brother. And father's sons and mother's daughters, there's this betrayal, this breakdown, breakdown in relationship, breakdown in what are uh, mileposts for us as a people to slowly strip us away from doing the things and the activities that give us a common bond. And we've exchanged the term common bond and unity of the spirit and brother and sister with, I love this latest push, the common good. For the common good, we want you to turn your brother in. For the common good, we want you to report people to us. 
For the common good, we don't want you to celebrate any holidays. We don't want you to have the things that have held you together as a people. I'm not against wearing masks. I want to make that clear. That's not what this is about. This is about Jesus said, there will be difficult times. There will be skirmishes. There will be battles. And you will be called upon in the midst of that to betray one another. But God says, I have a plan. I have a different plan. I have a different way of going about this. So recently, as I look back over the past few weeks, we had um, uh, a word from Nancy on prepare, 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 prepare. How many remember that? How many did that? How many are now prepared? I prepared for yesterday. Today's presenting a whole new set of problems I'm not so sure about. Um, I spoke about discerning the times that we're living in. And uh, in that, I mentioned a few things about preparing, preparedness. I think it's a good thing to be prepared. I think it's a good thing to have some food put away, a couple of moose in the freezer. It's a, it's a good thing to have um, yourself um, set up for, not only for yourself, but for others. But I want us to be very careful. There's a real trend to move into a survival mentality, a survival code, if you will, rather than a kingdom mentality. I've seen in a conversation or two with brothers over since, since this time, and we've gone to this kind of conversation. Yeah, I got a little food put away. I'm having a hard time getting enough ammo. I got to get some more ammo. I need a few more guns. I need some more ammo. And it made me pause and think, uh, did I kind of not clarify the message I was talking about when I talked about uh, putting aside and being prepared? When I said, don't enter into a survival mentality, I decided, you know, I need to expound on that a little bit. Get all the ammo you want. Get all the food you want. Get everything you need and store up. There's nothing wrong with storing up for lean years. But when I say survival, I'm going to change the course a little bit and put this thought in your mind. I'm talking about relationship. Relationship. All right? We got that? Relationship. Say that with me. Jesus said in the last days, brother will betray brother. Broken relationship. 
fathers and sons, broken relationship. Husbands and wives, broken relationship. Children and parents, broken relationship. Weak relationships with God, let me rephrase that, weak relationship with God produces weak relationship with people. You find yourself having trouble with people, well, just set that aside. Don't make that as your goal. Make your goal I'm going to develop my relationship with you, Father, yes, yes. and with you, Holy Spirit. Those relationships will begin to build on their own because you've changed. Right. To have a relationship requires one main ingredient. Anybody want to take a guess what that is? Ammo. No. <laughs> Forgiveness. Forgiveness. A weak understanding of God's love and forgiveness produces a weak ability to love and to forgive. I like to use graphs a lot. I look at graphs, you know. I, uh, years back, I studied from a book called The Cycles of War, and it was about how to invest your money according to these cycles. They used a lot of graphs. I can't tell you what those graphs ultimately uh, meant. I just like looking at them. But I can tell you this graph, a weak understanding of God's love and forgiveness produces a weak ability to love and to forgive others. And if you want to have a relationship with others, you've got to be forgiving. You just have to be. You know, this is a mind blower for me, but there's people in this room I've offended. I have no idea how. I'm a good guy. <laughs> yeah, how could they take that wrong? You know, I just meant it kind of like a backhanded compliment. My humor offends people sometimes. My, I don't mean to. Have you ever offended somebody and you didn't mean to? In fact, you're clueless. Oh, wow. What do you do? I'm sorry. Forgive me. What do you do when you never tell them that, you, that they've hurt your feelings or offended you? You just hold on to it. Well, you've become weak in your abilities so you forgive even without needing the need to tell them i remember years ago a sister came up to me at the church and she said i just want you to know i'm really praying for you because you need it <laughs> i had two options right there be offended because of the way it was delivered to me. You really need prayer, brother. <laughs> we have no hope for you, but maybe God does. <laughs> you know, Or just say, thank you. I appreciate that. 
So a weak understanding of God's love and forgiveness about you produces a weak understanding or a weak ability to love and forgive. I want to use some examples this morning out of the life of Joseph found in Genesis, in the book of Genesis. A couple weeks ago, Jason, ministering about the life of Jacob, said something to me, or said something to all of us, but it, it spoke to me. He said, God loves the number three. He speaks about threes a lot. You know, now I kind of knew that, I mean, but you kind of let it go, you know, and that really stuck. And ever since there's, there's everything I look at comes in threes. It's kind of like you're thinking about buying a different car, and once you get that car in your mind, all of a sudden you see them everywhere on the road, but you never saw them the day before. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So now I'm seeing all kinds of things in threes. Joseph was Jacob's 11th son, not third, but 11th son through Rachel, it says, whom he loved. Joseph was favored. It's pretty obvious that Jacob wanted to make it known that Joseph was loved more than the other sons. And he made him a beautiful coat talked about a coat of many colors. We find this in Genesis 27, verse 30. I'll read it. Oh, there we go. As soon as Isaac could finish blessing Jacob and Jacob had just gone out. Nope. That's a good one, though. Oh, maybe I have the wrong scripture. I do have the wrong scripture. But that's cool. Yeah. I could preach that message. Wow. Let's try Genesis 37. See what happens. Oh, let's just take my word for it. <laughs> Uh, you can read it this week, all right? I'm a little bit embarrassed at the moment, but uh, it says that Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. He was the firstborn of Rachel, whom he loved. And so he gives him this coat. And we're going to see that actually in Joseph's life, he wore three different coats. He wore the coat that his father gave him, he wore the coat that Potiphar gave him, and then he wore the coat that Pharaoh gave him. However, the coat that Pharaoh gave him was not actually a coat, it was a robe. But we'll get to that. I want to talk about three other aspects of Joseph's life, the aspect of forgiveness. You see, Joseph... He loved that coat. But his brother stripped him of it, threw him in a, in, a, in a well, and then it decided to sell him into slavery. Well, that led to a lot of trouble in Joseph's life. 
He went from being, I'm number one son. I don't really want to remind you all about it, but look, I got the coat on. I'm not going to boast about dad's love for me, but look, I got the coat on. He provoked his brothers to envy and to jealousy. I don't know that he meant to, but he did. Well, they did some mean, awful things to him. They got, if you would want to look at it in a worldly sense, in a carnal sense, um, got even. So I want to talk about three lessons on forgiveness. Number one, as we look at the life of Joseph, forgiveness is a big part of God's plan. You want to be a part of God's plan for your life? Forgiveness is a big part of that. The second thing is forgiveness is for our own growth and happiness as well. And the third is we all struggle with forgiveness at some point in our lives. But it's never too late to forgive. So as we look at Joseph's life, his brothers sell him into slavery. One day he's wearing coat number one. It's taken from him, from him, and it's shredded. And he goes from being number one son favored to basically probably wearing a loincloth is all that's left, looking at the south end of a camel trekking across the desert. His view is that of the back end of a camel trudging. I'm sure, I don't know what all was in his mind, but he's probably like you and I. You're like, what just happened? How can this be real? How can this... I can't comprehend it. So along with forgiveness, which we'll come back to, we're going to look at his coats. Coat number one, taken away and shredded. He's taken into Egypt. There he serves his masters. There he comes to the attention of Potiphar. Potiphar was the chief executioner in Egypt. Boy, I don't know if I want to work for him. He was the chief of police. He was Pharaoh's bodyguard, personal bodyguard. And Joseph finds himself in the service of Potiphar and given another coat. Now, this coat has a different thing to it. It's not one of favor from his father. We'll look in a few minutes at Galatians 4 where it talks about what's given to a child, even though they're, it's rightfully theirs as an heir, they don't get it till they mature. Yeah. So the coat that Jacob wore that his father gave him, he never truly, it was never truly his. It was still his father's because he had not come to full age of being an heir. 
And the second coat came from Potiphar. Potiphar uh, was the chief officer. What, is, what would that be in the Air Force? Admiral? Three bird, four bird? Uh, uh, yeah, general, general. All right. Personal bodyguard to Pharaoh. And so Potiphar gives him a coat. This coat is one of authority. I've been given a coat that says, I carry out the wishes of my, my master. He's still a slave. Right. He's still a slave. Joseph's still a slave. I've been given the coat that shows I have authority, though, to act on his behalf. He's not acting on his own behalf. He's acting on Potiphar's behalf. He's putting together state dinners. He's got to make sure they're all put together. He's got to represent his master. Well, in the story, uh, Potiphar's wife decides she wants Joseph. Joseph at this time is about, I don't know, he's not yet 30. You know, he's young, he's virile, he's handsome. He's got this code of authority. She, she likes that. So she pursues him, and at this coat, he actually, it says, he casts it off. He casts this coat off for reasons of his own morality, for his own convictions. Number one, his coat is taken from him. Number two, he casts it off. He's thrown into prison. I don't know, but I don't think the conditions were too good for him there. So he traded coat number one for the backside of a camel. He traded coat number two for prison orange. I don't know if they wore orange then, but. He's in prison. God continues to work with him in there. I like to call these times between the coats that uh, Joseph had as the twilight zone. He had this high point, then he had this twilight zone of being a slave. Then he had a high point, then he had a twilight zone before um, with, with uh, Potiphar, and then he gets put into prison and he's back into the twilight zone. Now the twilight zone is, means gray area, or it means on, a, on a, uh, a planetary scale, it means that point right there between light and dark, you get that twilight zone. Most of us in our lifetime will experience high points but we will also experience twilight times where you may lose things. You may lose everything. I've, I've met people in my lifetime that literally have lost everything. Lost their marriage, lost their finances, lost their business, um, lost just, it seems like, stripped of everything. God still 
had a plan for them. God still has a plan for you in the midst of the twilight zone. In prison, Joseph, as we read in, uh, in Genesis, and I'm not sure that I have the right scripture, so I'm not even going to try. I don't know what I was thinking this morning. 37. That's what I have written down here. Thank you. I got one right. That's 10 points. Okay. Well, in uh, Genesis 45 is where I have this right now, uh, but 37 through 4, 45, 50, read those at home this week. Um, in prison, I don't think when he first went to prison, he was having a very good time. Once again in his life, a high point to the base. To, I don't think prisons were very nice. My wife and I went to a prison in Argentina one time. We were invited to go in, and it was not like prison here. If you had clothes to wear, it was because you had relatives that gave them to you. Otherwise, you had rags. It was crazy. In the midst of that prison, a huge revival broke out. This prison was known as almost prison, almost, O-L-M-O-S. It was the worst, known to be the worst prison in Argentina. In it, revival broke out. And we were invited to go in there and worship with the believers. And their testimony was this. We don't even need to have guards with the believers because they have elders. <laughs> you can take that two ways, depending on what your church experience has been. But it was not a pleasant thing. Joseph's not in a pleasant circumstance. He's in a terrible circumstance. But in it, he continues to do this. And this is what brings him to a place of, of prime minister and walking in a place of no one greater than, than him but Pharaoh himself. And that is that Pharaoh said, Pharaoh recognized Jacob's ability to hear God. In the midst of your twilight times, in the midst of your most difficult times, if you will embrace the process, you will come to understand the purpose. If you continually go, when is this going to get over? Woe is me. Oh, man, life is tough. I've been dealt a bad hand. How come he got a silver spoon in his mouth? Look at me. I just can't wait to get through this. If you find yourself in that place, it's probably okay for a very short amount of time. Yeah. Don't live there. No. Hear God's voice speaking to you. Seek him. He continued to, to interpret dreams. He heard from God for the, for the uh, people in prison with him. It got reported to Pharaoh. He continued 
to hear from God in the midst of his difficulties, in the midst of his trying times. I've had a few trials in my life, but I couldn't compare them to these. The time I got thrown in jail, I got out in 24 hours because my dad brought me my own checkbook, said, you found a way to get in here, you bail yourself out. Praise God for my dad. He didn't bail me out, but he pointed out there is a way. When you come to terms with God in this, in the most difficult times in your life, you embrace, God, what is it you want to do? What is it you're speaking to me? Speak to me, God. Speak to me. Too many Christians believe this. Oh, bad things are happening. God's mad at me. I displeased God somehow. I, uh, I, I didn't live right over here. Um, and, uh, and so therefore, you know, this is happening to me. I, I, I'm sick, I'm bankrupt, I'm whatever it might be because somehow I displeased God. No. I don't know what God wants to teach you through your circumstances. All I can know is what he wants to teach me in my circumstances. And what he wants to teach me the most is in the most difficult, trying time of your life, you keep your eye on him, you call on him, you say, God, speak to me. Show me you. Not show me a way out of this. God, deliver me out of this. That's not a bad prayer. But that's not your only prayer. God, I want to know you better. I want to know you better. And when he delivers you up out of that and your time of trial comes to an end, you'll understand the purpose. Too many people in life go through tough times, come out that they don't see a different purpose. I want to finish with this, Romans chapter 8. Let's see if I can get this one right. I blundered the other scriptures, didn't I? This one I'm going to, I'm going to really get you with, though, because I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation, and you won't know if I'm right or wrong because there's only a few people with a Passion Translation here, and I don't think we have it up there. <clears throat> In Romans chapter 8, verse 35, I want to read this. Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe, I love this, nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. So, Paul is saying here, and he's going to say it, troubles, pressures, problems are unable to come be between us and heaven's love. He didn't say troubles, pressures, and problems were unable to come and affect you. 
He didn't say that at all. He said what they are unable to do is separate you from heaven's love. So that means in the midst of your deepest, darkest hour, if you turn your heart to that place, you will see heaven's love for you. And you will have embraced the process of what you're going through by doing so. And embracing the process, um, you will understand the purpose. We're going to go on and see that here. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over all of them. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And has, his demonstrated love is our glorious victory Amen. over everything. Whatever phase of life you find yourself in, be careful how tightly you hang on to it. Yeah. Joseph had that beautiful coat. It's a good thing he didn't hold on too tight. He had the coat given to him by Potiphar. Good thing he didn't have a button too tight. Yeah. It would have been a different outcome. He, he was able to shed that coat and make a run for his life. But in this last coat, it could never be taken away from him because it was no longer one given to him waiting for him to become an heir because that last coat was given to him when he was 30 and that's the time in, their, in the Old Testament at age 30 you became a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Adult. Oh, an adult. <laughs> <laughs> You're no longer an heir but you come into full possession. And it, that last coat was a robe. I tell you, the Bible's very clear when it says we've been given robes. We've all been given robes. We're a royal priesthood. Now our robes are robes of righteousness, the Bible says. You may think, well, I, I didn't act out very well today. I, I didn't do well this week. How was your week? Well, I didn't do well. So my righteousness standard is low. No. You've been given a robe of righteousness. It cannot be taken away from you. You may have felt a bad, you may have had a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, a bad season. In that season, and you may find yourself in another season like that where it's difficult. I'm having a difficult time. I'm being challenged in my faith. I'm being challenged in my belief. Let's all stand. It's so important that during that time, you simply look to God and say, Lord Jesus, I don't know why I'm going through these things, but I want you to speak to my heart while I'm here. Thank you for I joining to us today. You. Please I make sure to subscribe to our podcast. I want to know 
If you'd like more information about our church, please you visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, purpose. and may God bless you today. Amen.